As you have heard that Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Let's get into it. Welcome in. This is Religionless Christianity. I'm your host, Spencer. This is my uh, scarred-fingered wife, Nikki. Oh, <laughs> cooking accident. I'll be okay. <laughs> she'll tough it out. She's a warrior. <laughs> so before we get into today's topic, honey, is there anything you would like to say? I just praise God. Our friends from New Mexico got here safely, and they didn't have any problems on the plane going you know, right before that hurricane came up in Louisiana. So yep. I'm just happy they didn't cancel their flight. So praise God. Yeah, praise God for that. Their kids actually got the town too. They got here safely. So that's a blessing. And then, yeah, the hurricane seems to have passed. And uh, we at least are still standing. So praise God for that. But pray for everyone that uh, did suffer damage or injury, whatever the case may be. Um, there's still going to be a lot of fallout for a long time from this hurricane. So just keep those people in your prayers. And uh, yeah, please make sure you like and subscribe. If you're on the podcast, please follow us. Give us a review. Share us with a friend. We would love all of that. Mm-hmm. And today, as we kind of discussed in our previous episode, we kind of wanted to talk about Antichrist leaders. That's sort of what mm-hmm. we're hoping to discuss today. But before we get there... I just wanted to give a quick plug, I guess, uh, the Rise and Fall of Mars Hill podcast. Uh, they're off this week, so that's why we're not doing a review. They will be back coming next week, and it sounds like they have potentially more than five episodes. So they have a couple extra episodes, kind of like they did with the Josh Harris mm. episode, and they sound pretty juicy. So I'm excited <laughs> about that. And uh, we appreciate all the people that have given us feedback on YouTube. <laughs> Seems like not a whole lot of people agree with our takes on this, which is good. <laughs> we want to hear from you guys. Um, again, we don't think we're necessarily right 100% of the time, although we do think we're not too far off base, at least with Josh Harris. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so those will be coming back out next week, hopefully. We'll be getting back on track. We do have mm-hmm. some news coming out next or on Friday. We'll kind of bring that up about... Um, some stuff going on next week and moving forward and all that. So, but we'll talk about that on Friday today. Um, we're going to talk about antichrist leadership and anytime you start talking about, you know, the antichrist, you know, Christians are going to be divided, you know, Mm -hmm. but that's why we started this episode with scripture. And I just want to go back to that scripture just to sort of put it in context. And, that verse comes from 1 John chapter 2, 18, and it says, Children, and it is the last hour, and as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know that it is the last hour. Mm, the last hour. And what do we think we're at now then? Yeah. And I know people focus a lot on like the Antichrist, and they forget that the spirit of the Antichrist is and has been at work mostly in leaders, I think, forever. You know, he's all about power and glory, you know. He wants to steal, you know, he wants all that to be on him and not on God. Yeah. So that's same thing all throughout history. He's not doing anything new, really. So, you know, he's doing the same thing. So he offers you something 
you think you need, just like Eve, you know, told her, you know, she's missing out on something. Do this and you'll be like God. And I don't know, it's kind of the same tactic. And leaders, we got to like look for that in our leaders. What are they saying that sounds similar? Are they offering us something we think we need? Yeah, and I don't know that it's necessarily just been on leaders, but obviously they're the ones we see well, a lot. Yeah, they yeah. get highlighted. So, I mean, we obviously have, you know, uh, a history full of disgusting <laughs> sin and awful people. But, yeah, it gets highlighted in leaders. And, you know, we can't affect necessarily a Charles Manson, you know, who decides to go give in to the Antichrist spirit, and you know. But we can affect our leaders, per se. So that's kind mm-hmm. of why we wanted to focus there. So, mm-hmm. um, but, yeah, we're not sort of speaking about the final antichrist here. Um, you know, the lawless one kind of thing from second Thessalonians chapter three, mm-hmm. you know, we're speaking of the antichrists, like that antichrist spirit that's in the earth that mm-hmm. John was talking about. Yeah. Um, and you know, the Bible makes clear that these exist and they've come into our world. You know, we just read first John, but second John also speaks of this and he goes on to say, For many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh. Such a one is the deceiver and the antichrist. So uh, if you don't confess Jesus Christ as um, God in the flesh, like Mm -hmm. you're an antichrist, basically. Yeah, and that part stood out to me about such a one is a deceiver. And since... You know, we're talking about leaders here, like people we vote into certain positions. And if they're anti-Christ, they are a deceiver. So why would you vote for somebody who's a deceiver? Why would you believe anything that they tell you? No, and we kind of discussed this. Not that I think Josh Harris is an anti-Christ per se, but we talked about this with Josh Harris. Like if somebody, you know, the idea we talked about with Josh Harris is if he so passionately told you about all of his Christian walk and faith and then told you like, oh yeah, no, sorry, all that stuff I told you before was a lie. And now I'm telling you a new truth. Why would you believe that? Well, Satan's also the author of confusion, right? Yeah. And that's what it sounds like with him. It Well, it does for sure. But yeah, like why would we believe if someone has proven themselves to be a liar time after time, why do we continue to, mm-hmm. um, and this was something I thought about it's kind of off topic here and I don't want to ruffle any feathers, <laughs> but you know, we've sort of made idols of scientists in this country, especially in this time, you know, scientists didn't always used to be like thought of as the most intelligent people in the world. You know, back in the mm-hmm. old days, it was poets and prophets and mm. uh, these sorts of things. But in today's world, scientists mm. are, you know, if, if a science scientist says it, then it's true. And it's funny because no matter how many times they're wrong, all they have to do is go, oh, I was wrong before, but now I'm right. And we're like, yeah. I'm on board. Like, I yeah. thought about this with Thomas Edison. Like, you know, they said he invented the light bulb or he came up with like 10,000 different, you know, tries on the light bulb before he got the got it right. And mm-hmm. like, I wonder in, if in his time he was like, created the first light bulb and was like, I finally created the light bulb. Use it. It's awesome. And like someone put it in their house and like burned their house to the ground and killed their kids. And he was like, no, that one was wrong, but this one I fixed and it's good. And you're like, okay, I'll believe and you did it. It burns your house down again. Like how many times would it take you before you went, okay, dude, like, I'm not going to trust you. Maybe let's see a track record of 
Yeah. Yeah. And I know science is a weird thing to talk about like that because science is trial and error and all that sort of stuff, but we don't wait for the trial and error period. We just, yeah. a scientist goes, Hey, I figured this out. Now it's truth. And you're like, Oh, cool. And then it yeah. proves to be wrong. And you're like, Oh man, darn it. And he's like, well, here's the new truth. And you're like, Oh yeah, jump <laughs> on board. Like it's really weird what we do. And that's not necessarily yeah. what we're trying to talk about here. Just the idea of deceivers and why we don't like hold them to account for the deception. So anyways, that's kind of off topic. Um, but back to the antichrist thing, like Matthew, Mark and the gospels, you know, they speak about false Christ coming as well. So, you know, like she mentioned, if these existed in John and the apostles mm-hmm. days, like how much more so do you think it is in our day? So many years later, we're closer to the end times now, you know, than they were. Mm-hmm. So you would assume that it's only increasing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Christians and really non-Christians alike, everybody basically, you know, gets wrapped up in the word, I think, you know, the antichrist, but it's in effect. It just basically means against Christ or an opposite of Christ kind of a thing, you know, and mm-hmm. we obviously, we've got some very notable examples throughout history that everybody knows about, right? And they're easy to think of. Like, I don't know if you can just spit any off the top of your head. Well, anybody would say like Hitler, I don't know the obvious. Yeah. I mean, obviously like Hitler's, the Stalin's, uh, the Mao Zedong's, uh, Pol Pot's, you know, those are the easy ones to be like, oh, that guy's really bad. But there's, I mean, that's an extreme for sure. But if you're talking about someone who's against Christ or opposite of Christ, uh, that list gets a whole lot longer and, um, it, it can get difficult to identify at times. Mm-hmm. And one that I thought of that jumped out to me, and again, this may ruffle feathers, uh, but <laughs> I thought Barack Obama, you know, because while he was presented to us as a Christian and all this stuff, as his presidency and his life sort of got dissected and unfolded, mm-hmm. you realize that he believed in this sort of black liberation theology, sort of like a mm. collectivist salvation model rather than an individual salvation, which is what, you know, traditional Christian doctrine would teach you. And, you know, I think it's the apostle Paul, right. Who tells you that if anybody comes preaching a different gospel, Mm -hmm. let them be accursed basically. And he says, even if it's angels, you know, which, um, you know, would lead Islam, Mormonism and all those into an accursed Mm -hmm. state basically. But that's where, when I see like a Barack Obama, who's preaching what sounds like Christianity but it's this collectivist liberation theology as opposed to traditional doctrine. To me, that's an antichrist leader and mm-hmm. an antichrist spirit. So yeah. it gets more difficult to narrow down when you start getting in, you know, away from the big ones. The and Hitlers. it's kind of like you don't know if they're antichrist and until you voted them in and then you're seeing that are not living up, you know, they're but claiming you will to be. after this episode. <laughs> that's why we're doing it because we get, trapped you know we get not trapped necessarily but we basically willfully ignore all these warning signs and then we elect these people um and it's not until after the fact we look Mm -hmm. back and go oh man i can't believe i was duped when that's why the warning signs were there all the time to look at their past though because i know the media will dig into their past and twist things so it's hard for us to know which things are true that are dug up from their past because we need to know like okay how long have you been a Christian? Have we seen, you know, where's the proof of growth, you know, fruit? I don't know. We, what do we have to look at? How do we test? We don't know them personally. 
Well, I think that's where it comes from. You have to know your faith. Like you have to know this faith that you profess, the Christian faith. Mm -hmm. Um, We have to know it better than we do. And then you have to basically listen, I would say, with with a cautious ear. Like, and you know, the Bible tells us to test all things, you know, Mm -hmm. and you just, you have to test it. And I think, you know, we've been led down this path and I even slipped, had a slip of the tongue in a couple episodes ago where I talked about, you know, throwing your vote away if you don't, but I think that's such a lie um, that if you have, if you're presented with two bad options, I wouldn't vote for either of them. If you have two godless, Mm -hmm. you know, um, options for leaders of this country, I don't think you necessarily have to pull the trigger for one of them. I think that that's a, that's a twisting of the truth there. So, um, yeah, I think it can get a little more, um, difficult to tell. So we're going to hopefully try to clear that up. We just have so many examples in history, um, of people being deceived and we need to see how, how they became deceived. Cause at first, you know, they thought they were following, you know, a truthful voice or we need to just step back and we really need to, we need to look back at history a lot more and see how did it happen? Because history repeats itself in that way. We're gonna fall back into a trap and be deceived. And I don't know what kind of a leader would cause division in a nation or a state, like not just the president of the United States, but anyone that's causing the people to be divided. I would really caution against voting for someone like that Yeah, and being behind someone like that. You would think so. And, you know, but like we talked about, it can be easy, you know, to spot, um, some of the big ones, but what's funny is, yeah, even looking back on history, like oddly spotting these guys has never stopped people, you know, in the human race from letting these sort of ungodly people rule them. You know, even though you look back on it, you know, like the Hitlers and you see the rise of Nazi Germany and you're like, how did they not know? Mm -hmm. But I mean, we've got examples today. Look at Australia today. You know, you start wondering like, oh, how could these men serve the Nazi regime? And you know, put Jews and, you know, these torture them and kill them and, you know, in the ovens and the showers. And, mm-hmm. and then you see what's going on in Australia and you're like, oh, I can see how they do it because they were told to. And mm-hmm. it's just that simple. Not that Australia is necessarily putting people in ovens yet, um, but they're getting pretty ruthless with their law enforcement on people that we aren't can't. vaxxed. And, and you're like, oh, okay, I can see how it would happen. So, um, yeah, we can't be so foolish to say that something so horrible couldn't happen again. Men yeah. are completely, completely capable of the most terrible, evil things without God. Yeah. And it's never like a overnight, you know, Hey, you're best friends with a Jew. And then the next day you're stuffing them in an oven. It, but it is, I think, you know, from what we're seeing, it's a more accelerated process than you probably would have imagined. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, Australia is a perfect example. Watch what they're doing to their citizens down there. It's, it's horrifying. And, you know, we definitely need to pray for those guys. But um, the, what we kind of want to just spend some time on, like we talked about, is trying to focus on the traits, you know, that we think 
you should look out for and be aware of when you're starting to decide on a leader and how you might mm-hmm. pick out if this person is an antichrist spirit. Um, and we got this list from charismanews.com. And uh, I'm sure that there's a lot of other traits that you have or that you can think of. And mm-hmm. we just pulled this this article had six that we kind of use as a jumping off point. If you know of more or a clarification of any of these, we'd love to hear mm-hmm. from you. Throw them in the comments. I'm sure anybody watching this would love to hear what you have to say on this topic. Uh, but these are the six that we have. So the six they got from this article was the Antichrist hates God. He hates life, hates the family, hates authority hates the prophetic word of God, and hates the church. And I think that's a pretty good list. But again, if you can think of anything else or even, you know, narrow it down a little bit from there, mm-hmm. um, please, you know, let us know. Jump on social media, throw a, a comment in there. We'd love to hear from you guys. But um, just using this list as a template, um, we just wanted to, again, take a look and kind of see how we can identify Antichrist leaders in the world and then hopefully use this i this knowledge to sort of preemptively spot these people mm-hmm. because it stinks looking in hindsight and be like oh i can't believe that guy ungodly person was in charge you're like yeah wouldn't it have been nice to stop the guy before he actually got there yeah um that would be even better um because as gi joe said knowing is half the battle that's true and it is or even be more <laughs> than that so we need to be aware of the devil um, and his children or, you know, we're just going to continue on down this path of destruction in America. So really the only way that we turn this around is, you know, obviously first ourselves turning back to God, but yeah. then starting to get leaders that are focused on heaven and focused on Christ that are going to lead our nation in a more godly way. Yeah. Um, so the first one that they listed here, um, as we said, was the Antichrist hates God. Like, what does that mean that he just hates God? Like he's an atheist? Well, I think that one's pretty, I mean, it seems pretty simple, I suppose. And um, it can be tricky, I guess, because leaders love to use religion um, to prop themselves up. I mean, even Adolf Hitler, you know, you still have people today that claim he was a Christian and, you know, Mm -hmm. he used a Christian religion to his advantage to take over and, you know, kind of rally the country. Scripture, like Satan used scripture against Jesus, but out of context or twisted it for his own agenda. And it doesn't matter. Leaders will. No, I think that goes back to the point of why it's so important for us and for you to know scripture Mm -hmm. so that you can sort of see behind, you know, the truth behind the words of somebody's, using scripture maybe out of context or if what they're actually proposing and doing doesn't actually line up with the words they're saying Mm -hmm. you know we kind of pointed out last episode about president biden you know using Mm -hmm. isaiah 6 Uh, not that that's necessarily an anti-christ thing to say but you should be aware of when you hear a politician start speaking about scripture and be like i'm gonna go and double check what he's actually talking about um, to make sure it lines up because Mm -hmm. You know, again, we're called religionless Christianity. That's the show, and that's based off of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who 
in his day in the 1930s realized what Adolf Hitler was doing and mm-hmm. how Adolf Hitler basically co-opted the Christian church in Germany and used it to his advantage to gain power. And, you know, Bonhoeffer realized that and fought against him ultimately to his own death. Um, but that's something that we have to be aware of because the Antichrist, if an Antichrist is opposite of Christ, they're against Christ mm-hmm. and they obviously have to hate God. And a very easy, easy way is, yeah, an atheist. Yeah. Um, or somebody whose life just doesn't reflect a Christian lifestyle. So you see this a lot, you know, if, and it's kind of like we're all sinners, right? We all sin. But I think there's a difference between being like being a full-blown sinner and somebody who sins. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, we're all sinners, but like I think there's a different, you know, I always try to equate it to if you're like somebody who in a moment of weakness or whatever, when you're gone from your family and you look at porn on your computer one night and you like feel guilty and you like repent to God, you sin for sure. But I think that's in a different category than somebody who owns Pornhub. And like, that's your lifestyle, your income, your money, like everything is wrapped up in this sin lifestyle. I think that's Mm -hmm. a different level. So one person sin, the other's a sinner. You have no remorse when you sin. Yeah. So I think that's an easy way, you know, does this leader's lifestyle like look Mm -hmm. like a Christian lifestyle? Mm -hmm. Are they humble? Are they lifting Christ or are they, you know, prideful and seeking power and all these sorts of things that go against, you know, what we're taught in the Sermon on the Mount and how a Christian should live and all these sorts of things. So I think that's a a good one. The second one that they talk about, um, the Antichrist hates life. Um, And we definitely see that in America. Yeah, definitely. Just with the whole abortion agenda, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the abortion thing is so... It's just the obvious, so obvious. Yeah, It's, it's so easy and it's just so incredible that that's still a divisive issue for Christians. And look at the Mm -hmm. thing is too, like, I don't think that you would have to be a leader who outright bans abortion to be godly in this situation. You know, we are the United States. We're a country made of 50 states. So I think you could be a godly person and still say, listen, I don't support abortion, but I'm not going to ban it. Like, we have a 10th amendment. The states can decide. Yeah. Like, here's my stance. I don't support it, but it's not the federal government's job to tell every state how to run. In my yeah. mind, that's still a godly way. Right. But when you come out as a politician and you're just like, yeah, I'm super pro abortion, even to the point where some of these politicians nowadays want to be able to kill babies after birth. Like, I think it was the governor or mayor of Virginia who was proposing like three days after birth, you could still kill your baby, like insane things. Um, so you can tell they obviously, you know, that, I mean, to me, that's clear cut. If you have a politician, so many people who are waiting to adopt a baby too, that's just, that is just, you hate life Yeah, because the baby could live. You just hate life. That's it. Yeah. I mean, and even just the idea of hating life in the sense of abortion but if you hate like being oppressive to somebody Mm -hmm. like think how that ruins their lives and i think we have a lot of politicians that are very oppressive um because not only does abortion obviously end a baby's life 
But in many respects, it ruins the woman who had the abortion. Yeah. And if you're out there like promoting that, mm-hmm. um, it's just, it's terrible. I mean, even like the whole um, breakup of the nuclear family and all these sorts of things that sort of ruin lives and set people up for failure and hardship. Mm-hmm. And I think that is an antichrist spirit of hating life. So I think they're right in this one. Yeah, I think all of these kind of, I mean, those ones go, the life and the family kind of go together. Because you can kind of break up the Antichrist hates family, the third one, um, you know, the nuclear family attacking that. And then I was thinking about it like this past year with all the people who lost their businesses and they were non-essential and like you don't realize how many families' lives you're destroying and just the depression, just the effects, you know, that has on the you know, the man of the house, the one who's trying to support his family and how that can destroy a marriage and break a family apart. Just, I just thought that was just really wicked doing all that to all these small businesses. Yeah. And COVID hit, you know, if you're, um, if you're a politician or whatever, and you won't, you will be, I think, hard pressed to find a Christian who doesn't support a traditional nuclear family because that's a God-given formation, you know, man and wife raising children. Mm -hmm. That's God's plan Mm -hmm. for populating the earth and for living on this planet. Like, so if you're going to have a politician, so yeah, I mean, obviously closing businesses, ruining people's financial life, which puts a huge burden on family, but we have so many politicians now that they want to be the provider for people, which yeah. is why, you know, they support like God. Yeah. I mean, they essentially want to be gods. And I mean, that's why I think it's last I heard 70% of like African-American f- children are born to single parent um, or single mothers and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's because for 60 years, the government's been trying to be, you know, African-Americans provider yep. uh, all for their own gain and their own power. And this isn't us like, We've talked about Jason Whitlock on here before. Go listen to his show and listen to how he talks as a black man who grew up, you know, poor and in the inner city. Uh, they just they hate family because that's God's idea yeah. um, for being an authority on the earth and raising children. So mm-hmm. definitely, I would I mean that one's easy to spot too. I think the whole family life and hates God. Yeah, and if you hate life, you're gonna corrupt the family and you know the whole homosexual marriage like you can't create life so those oh you yeah know, again go together yeah and if you're like supporting you know uh like puberty blockers and mm-hmm. all these sorts of things for children mm-hmm. that just ruins their ability yep. you know to have kids or really to live a normal life like um you're ruining their chance at a family a normal mm-hmm. god-given nuclear family like it's hideous um, he the comes fourth to one. steal, kill, and destroy. Just that's that's All what you see. Um, the fourth one here, the Antichrist hates authority, um, mm-hmm. which is a funny one because they don't hate their authority. Right. They want to be an authority and then rule over you, um, which is why you know communism is such an Antichrist um, political philosophy, and you, that's why it's easy to sort of spot you know socialism, communism, and all these different Marxist religion or uh, Marxist uh, ideologies and stuff like that. But they hate like 
anybody else's authority, which is why they hate God ultimately, because a Christian places God's authority over the state's authority. Um, that's why they hate the family because there's a inherent authority in the family. Like me as a dad, I have authority over my children, not mm -hmm. the state. Right, right. So they hate that because yeah, they want the authority. They don't so, want anybody to have any authority over anything that is rightfully theirs. It's no. just, it's just like a, they remind me of a toddler, like, oh, you have that. Let me take that toy from you just because I want it. I don't want to see you enjoying anything. <laughs> and that's why you got to be careful to listen. Like when these politicians are making you all these promises and gifts and different things that they're going to give you. Mm -hmm. But when it's all coming from them, yeah, that means they have the authority to give, which then means they also have the authority to take away. Yeah. Um, so you have to be careful for that. And also when you start hearing about all these things of like these politicians giving us new human rights and all these sorts mm. of things, because when we were founded, right, our rights came from God. They didn't. So a politician doesn't have the right to give me life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness or all these sorts of things, freedom of speech that was given to me by God. Mm hmm. So when you start hearing a politician talking about they're going to give you rights and human rights and all these sorts of things, um, they're placing themselves in a position of authority that they don't have necessarily. So be careful yeah. for that. Um, power hungry politicians are uh, they just, definitely a sure sign of an. They're promising spirit. just lies, just telling you you're going to have something that you shouldn't have. One. Yeah, they not should not be your provider. Right. Yeah, they just um, want to rule over the people and oppress uh, and oppress people and I don't know. They just thrive on chaos. Yeah, they get hideous. more they get more power when there's chaos. The uh the fifth one here is um the Antichrist hates the prophetic word of God. I would kind of change that a little bit. I went to say they hate the truth. Um, yeah. Which, I mean, obviously prophecy would be truth in that sense. But I think for us today, um, I again, please feel free to comment if you think we're wrong. But I would say Antichrist spirit hates truth. Um, mm -hmm. And I pulled this quote, and I'll have the YouTube video li or, yeah, linked on our Discord channel. And we've probably talked about this episode before, but it comes from Legacy Church and Pastor Smotherman. And he said, when absolute truth is lost, absurdity reigns. And like, there is mm. maybe no better statement <laughs> of what a life in America is right now outside of absur absurdity reigning. And yeah. I mean, this sort of ties back into a lot of the other things that we talked about, hating this idea of truth when you're like, yeah, there's, you're either a man or a woman, right? Like, no, you know, they hate that, right? Because that's the truth. They can't handle All that we truth. see is just the effects of, of Satan in our country, really. There's confusion there's hatred it, there's only fruit of satan going on it seems like we see yeah. that more than we see the fruit of god's spirit and yeah we really need to notice this and wake up and get on our knees and pray to god that that we can start being the light in the darkness because it's really dark right now <laughs> and we need to not cover our light yeah i would think if you start hearing politicians talking about like your truth, you know, or like your individual truth, or even speaking down on the idea of absolute truths, um, universal truth, mm -hmm. that would be a huge red light for me that they mm -hmm. might have an antichrist yeah. spirit because, um, there are universal truths, you know, and 
if somebody's going to, I think, you know, the idea of shutting down an absolute truth or a universal truth sets them up to have the authority yep. to tell you what is true and what isn't yeah. true. And then you kind of go back into that. They hate your authority, but they want their own authority. So it all kind of ties in together. But mm-hmm. yeah, I would say that's definitely true. It's something you need to watch out for somebody that hates the truth. And again, that goes back to you knowing your scriptures so that when someone's speaking against, you know, maybe the nuclear family or gender identity and these sorts of things, when you're like, I know that it's only male and female in the Bible. That's truth. Mm-hmm. And they're telling me something different. Nah, like I'm not. I mean, they're not even saying that there's just a third gender. No, it's like. No, you're whatever. how many like they went off the charts. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And then the last one that they have here, the sixth one says the Antichrist hates the church. And this one might be difficult to to see or to find a lot of because the Antichrist spirit, I mean, he's the father of lies and he's more than happy, much like an Adolf Hitler, to lie to you and tell you that they love the church mm. or that they you know, are a part of the church, whatever happens to be. So you might have to have a more keen eye here. Um, but I know for us, like COVID was a perfect example when I don't know how um, and forgive us if this is you and we're speaking ill of you, but I don't know how a godly person could think in the midst of a the worst pandemic they've ever lived through that closing church doors was a good idea. I don't know how a Christian could think that's a good idea. Um, because you know, if the whole thing, if masks work, let them at least go to church in a mask. I mean, like, I guess I could see the idea of like, you know, we kind of talked about if you had a church with a really old population, whatever, maybe for your health sake, but that wasn't generally the case. Most of these churches were closed because they were strong armed by politicians to mm-hmm. close their doors. And again, I don't know how a politician can come to you and say, no, 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 I believe just like you believe, but that church needs to close. And you're like, where else should and we be? And finding the churches like that is where I was like, no, okay. It's one thing to tell them to close, but then finding them. Yeah. So I think that one might be more difficult to see, but thankfully we've had the last year and a half to open our eyes. Um, So I'm sure you can go back and find out what politicians were for churches closing their doors. Um, But again, this all goes back to your own personal study and knowing your scripture so that you can see if, Mm -hmm. and kind of listen with intent to the words that these people are saying and find out like, does it sound like he really loves the church? Does he know the church? Um, Mm -hmm. all these sorts of things. So yeah, that one might be more difficult, but it's definitely been out there at least in recent memory. So as we get ready here, baby, to wrap this episode up, um, do you have any last words? Yeah, I just, I just think an antichrist leader, they'll be anti anything that God is for people. People have been trusting in man's wisdom over the spirit of God leading a leader. Like they don't pray for their leader or for God to lead and guide them in in their weaknesses. People are looking for someone to say the right things to get them what they want, even if this person has antichrist beliefs and allows sin to be praised. And a godly leader will not not give wickedness a place on this land. So not even when not even when people demand it. Um because he fears God. He should fear God. So we want a leader who fears God, 
because we actually want to be led by God because if they should be praying, any leader, like you pray, um, you ask God to help lead this family, whatever position God gives you, you submit to God because we're all weak. Any position God gives us, we're weak without his help. So we need to be praying for our leaders, number one, to submit to God. Yeah, we definitely need to. And um, this was kind of a thought that I had as we look to end this episode here with the idea of praying for our leaders, but getting the right ones because, um, and I don't know how this, if this necessarily ties in, but it was something I was thinking of going through putting this episode together. You know, we hear this point a lot, especially when we have ungodly leaders or we're getting, you know, strong-armed into ungodly things, right? The Romans 13.1, you know, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities for there is no authority except that which God has established over you. Um, and then that kind of ties in with like the Mark twelve seventeen render under Caesar, you know, that which is Caesar's or what, uh, whatever the verse says. And we hear Christians sort of talk about this stuff, you know, get, you know, vaccine mandates or mass man, whatever happens to be. And they're like, well, you know, God established these governing authorities over you. And this is so frustrating for me because they never really say that in a good context. It's always when you're doing something or being forced into something that you don't want to do. And, you know, it goes against your spiritual or moral values. And you're like, well, mm-hmm. I guess you got to submit because God put them in charge of you. And the thing that's so frustrating about that point is we elect our Caesars in this country. Mm-hmm. Like we're not we subject them. to a king who just takes over right. as a despot. Like we put these people in charge. We elect godless leaders. We put them over us. And then when we get pushed into a corner, we're like, well, you better obey your leaders. <laughs> you yeah. put them there. Like why yeah. do we keep putting these people over us that make us, you know, side with anti-Christ you know, policies and lifestyles yep. and all these sorts of things, we have the ability to elect godly people yeah. that can lead this nation in a godly way. And instead we're like, you want to murder all those black babies and you want to cut the uh, genitals off of kids, but we get a stimulus check, right? Done. Like, are you insane? Mm-hmm. And I don't mean to come at anybody because we've all made these stupid compromises, but <laughs> I mean, it's it's just it's very frustrating because yeah, we don't have to put we don't have to elect Nero and then complain when he kills Christians like we have the ability to elect George Washington. You know, like these are things we can do. We just need to wake up and it's you know. OK to say I voted for the wrong person. And maybe your options are all antichrist. What do you do then? And it's also OK for you to suffer a little bit for the sake of God. Like to not just be promised the world, you know, be by these antichrist politicians. It's okay for someone to go, hey, look, man, like uh, we're going to stop giving you a bunch of freebies and we're going to, you know, whatever, whatever happens to be. I don't know. We're going to close down the abortion clinics and you're going to have to give your baby up for adoption. That's the more humane thing to do. Whatever it is, a thousand different things. That's just what comes to my mind. But like, it's okay for us to suffer in godliness. Yeah. Like this whole, you know, your blessings right around the corner. You're just one election away from unlocking the windows of heaven or whatever. I don't know. Nonsense, but (laughs) man, we just got to stop it. So that's all we got for today. Uh, Please come back and join us on Friday. Should be a good episode. And then next week we'll have some, 
new news and everything coming out and that rise and fall of Mars Hill should be back out. So that'll be good. Mm -hmm. That's all we got for you guys today, though. Love you. God bless. Mm -hmm.